0: Greetings, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thanks so much for joining me on this chapter of the journey on this Friday, last day of the work week. Psalm 55 is where we are. I pulled out the 12th, and 13th, and 14th verses. It says If an enemy were insulting me, I would endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God. Thus far in my life journey, uh, the entire life journey, I discovered that the process of releasing my adult children onto their own respective paths of life to be one of the most surprisingly difficult things I've ever experienced. Now, it's not just about the loss of control and the fact that my child may choose paths unfitting my dreams, desires, and expectations. It's also the experience of catching glimpses of my own weaknesses and shortcomings as a parent and the useless wonderings of, what if I had only done this? Now, the greatest challenge of David's life was not the Bathsheba scandal, which I talked about in the podcast on Psalm 51. Bathsheba gets the top billing and is better known because it has all of the classic plot elements we love in a steamy harlequin romance. The greatest challenge of David's life is lesser known, but I personally find it even more fascinating because it is more intimate and complex. Late in David's life, he faces a coup d'etat, and finds himself fleeing for his life, almost loses his throne and his very own life to his son. Now the story is found in 2 Samuel chapters 13 through 19. Now let me give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. The seeds of the rebellion are in David's own shortcomings as a father. Marriage and family looked very different for a monarch in ancient times. Not only was polygamy regularly practiced, but a monarch had the added layer of nations wanting to marry off daughters to other kings to establish diplomatic ties. David had eight wives and at least ten concubines, which meant the palaces were teeming with princes and princesses who were half-brothers and half-sisters. Long story short, Prince Amnon had the hots for his sister, Princess Tamar. He rapes her. And then in his shame, he shuns Tamar and wants nothing to do with her. He treated her like a prostitute, and King David is furious, according to the record. But he does nothing. He passively seems to ignore the whole thing. Now, Princess Tamar's older brother is Prince Absalom. And Absalom bottles up his rage against his half-brother Amnon, who raped his sister, and against his father, who did nothing to justly deal with Amnon's offense. The seeds of Prince Absalom's rage take root, and they grow into a plot to kill his brother and steal his father's kingdom. He succeeds at the former and nearly succeeds with the latter. In the process of his scheming to steal his father's throne the great story records that Absalom spent a lot of time establishing allies among the rich, the noble, the powerful people in the kingdom. Quietly, slowly, he used his position and influence to create both debts and alliances so that when he pulled the trigger on his coup, David had virtually no one supporting him. We can't be certain, but the lyrics of David's song that we know as Psalm 55 Seem as though they could very well have been penned during the time of Absalom's rebellion. David expresses that Jerusalem is a boiling cauldron of deceit and treachery and violence. He feels the sting of an unnamed companion who he thought was a friend and ally but turns out to have sold him out. It is certainly reasonable to think that he's referring to someone that Absalom convinced to aid in his rebellion. Like many of David's songs, Psalm 55 is a personal lament. He's pouring out all of his emotions from despair and hurt and anguish, fear, confusion, and the desire to fly away from all of his troubles. In the pouring out of his deepest emotions, he also is reminded of how faithful God has always been. And the song ends with a simple proclamation of his unwavering trust. Now, one of the fascinating threads in the story of Absalom's rebellion is David's unwavering love for his son. Despite the fratricide, the rebellion, the attempt to destroy his father and take everything that was his, David ordered his men to be gentle with Absalom. When he heard Absalom had been killed, David wept and mourned to the point that his own general called David out for humiliating all the soldiers who had been loyal to him. So, in the quiet this morning, I find myself contemplating the complex relationship between parents and children especially as children mature into their own selves and lives. The whole story of David and his children, Amnon, Tamar, and Absalom, is a hot mess. There's so much of the story that is not told. Nevertheless, it reminds me of the intense and infinite love a parent feels for a child, no matter what the differences, conflicts, or chasms that emerge in the relationship. Once again, there is no concrete evidence to directly correlate Psalm 55 with the story of Absalom's rebellion, nor is there any concrete evidence to the contrary. Some mornings I find that this is the way the chapter a day journey goes. The text connects me to one idea, which leads me down another path of thought, and I end up in an unintended destination of thought and spirit. C'est la vie. Parenting is one of the grand adventures of this life journey, and it has produced the greatest joys and the deepest sorrows. It has humbled me to the core and it has equipped Lady Sophia with some of the most powerful practicums for teaching me wisdom. Hope you have a great weekend, my friend. We'll see you back here on Monday.